welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review, an indie podcast that's somewhere in the top 181 of Mexico's film review charts. The basic gist of the show is that with dads united by a passion for film, looking back at the movies we were prevented from watching by our, by our various crotch droppings. This week's pod sees us starting off with the absolute minimum amount of blasphemy we can muster in the top five religious figures, and then we move on to discuss the 2017 Paul Schrader religious drama First Reformed, before concluding with a nice bit of edu- educational science with Netflix's Ask the Storybots. Now, in many ways, the life of a podcaster is a bit like that of a modern-day vicar or reverend, in that each week there's a time slot devoted to us distributing our message to an ever-dwindling audience. And in both the case of an individual church and an independent podcast, their success or otherwise is almost exclusively down to the charm, wit and general interestingness of the facilitators. Mm. So we're fucked then. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a timely reminder that there will be a few swears in today's show and we will be chatting about spoilers. So do bear that in mind. Don't actually stop listening. Just bear it in mind. Anyway, it seems appropriate to be upfront about our own religious proclivities before we get started this week. Me, for instance, I'm an atheist. Absolutely, completely, no question about it, an atheist but also a Jew as well. So that's something, isn't it? We're joined also by co-host Dan, who's so old, he actually has a picture of Moses in his yearbook. <laughs> and Sidey, and you've actually tried all the major and minor religions now, and you found them all to be equally agreeable. Isn't that the case? They're all, yeah, the same, ultimately. Yeah. You all right? I'm good. I watched quite a lot of stuff this week. Oh, well, do you want Ooh. to tell us about it? I do, yeah. So what happened was my daughter had covid But she was asymptomatic. Systematic. So she just had to stay off school, but it just like effectively she was on holiday. Yeah. Didn't have to do the school run. So I was able to get up early and watch a film before doing work stuff. So I watched The Other Guys, which I've seen, I think, billion times. Then I watched Stutz. Oh, you you watched that as well. It's good, is it? Yeah. I fancied that. It's. Weird, like it's just him and his shrink, it, basically. It, but it, it's, yeah. it just kind of sucks yeah. you in. It's uh, yeah. No, I it's saw got the some... trailer and I thought it looked interesting. Yeah, you should definitely it check it out. Definitely check them out. Paddington One, it's great, and Paddington Two, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, they, yeah, they good. do stand up. Um, I think we should do those for the pod. So actually, I did, I did a hat trick of Ben Whishaw films because we did Spectre. All right, he's in that too. And I've started watching Death on the Nile. Hmm. Praro one. Busy week. Yeah. Yeah. And all the homework as well. Okay. Well, I started to watch Troll, which looked really interesting. It's about and, Elon and, Musk. Uh, yeah, no. Netflix thing, Norwegian, about this, you know, the Troll. monster. Yeah, yeah, but it comes out of the, the mountain, mm. you know, and, and using CGI, and obviously. So it started really well. well. Rather than a um, real troll. <laughs> rather than a real troll, because they're difficult to get, yeah. aren't they? Hard to train, yeah. Yeah, and, and so that started well. I haven't watched all of that yet. And I have another one I've just started to watch is The Batman. Now, I put it on late last night. Uh, I haven't got round. I, I might watch You both need to watch it, because I want to talk about spoilers. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. If only yeah. there was a podcast where we caught up on <laughs> yeah. movies that we weren't able well, to see. It's all going to be Christmas stuff from here on in, so unfortunately it's out. Yeah, it's also about a million years long, isn't it? So it needs to be in a week I know I've got a million years to watch a movie. Yeah, well, you're on holiday soon, so you could do it then. Riggs, what did you watch? Well, I watched The White Lotus. I'm continuing with that. That's still great. That's my big shout. I like that. I, I tell you, the other thing that I did was finally finish the Lucifer, the series, uh-huh. and it seems an apt week to to talk about that so yeah well maybe you can save that for uh, i'll wedge it in somewhere a little later yeah what did do we have a top five from last week yeah murderers i thought that was quite a good topic but didn't really capture as as many people's imaginations we'd hoped for so we put in ken yes who was michael palin in fish called wonder and we're also going to put in lady killers nice okay nice yeah yeah good choice as well as whatever it was that we put in yeah some other stuff yeah yeah exactly it's all in there i think i put stump and mike in that's I don't know if he did. Anyway. So we've gone from murderers yeah. to religious figures. Yeah. I've got quite a few telly ones, actually, but uh, also you- some movie ones. So, and we've had quite a good response to it online as well, so that's good. Yeah. Do you want to, inshallah, you know, set the ball rolling? Yeah, I'll start with, we had to watch for the pod, The Sound of Music, mm. and that's two hours and 55 minutes of... Oh, shit, unadulterated joy. 
even young and hot Christopher Plummer can't save it. It's too long, annoying characters, badly shot, badly acted, irritating songs. You're out of your fucking mind. I don't think we all felt that way. No, I know. Yeah. I know we didn't, but that was, yeah. And nuns. And was it set in an abbey as well? Some part of it. One well, it maybe started it, off there because she fucked off up the mountain. Yeah, so about three weeks of it is set in an abbey as well. So there's yeah. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I quite crazy, enjoyed it though. I remember, yeah, because it's um, great. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I remember. You know, it's long, mm. but no, quite enjoyed that with the family. I think it's just yeah. just nice. I watched that again. Yeah, one day I will. Yeah, I I've just and mentioned it that Lucifer. So it was like six series I watched of of this, and I haven't really watched any series that long. I can't remember the last one I watched uh, all the way through like that. But it was just an easy watch to to get into it. But it really knitted everything together in the last kind of episode or two. Really and brought so them no, together. Yeah, no loose yeah. ends. And obviously Lucifer is the, the devil, but then you have all the angels that come in, God as well. And, and there was a load of angels that I've never heard of, but they, there'll be Old Testament kind of gods and angels and everything. It was quite interesting, so parts of it. and uh, And it was just really nice easy entertainment i'd recommend it it's it's a decent show i'm not going to watch that down it's just no, no way no it's really easy viewing but there you go if you're going to invest that much time why wouldn't you watch something because you've not seen the wire sopranos no i've not seen not not a lot of religious stuff in those but yeah there's not a lot there's but, a bit um, in the sopranos yeah, a bit you in the should watch well. sopranos dan it's brilliant I'll get round to it one day oh that's yeah. so non-committal <laughs> i've got another christopher Plummer one all right dragnet Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. He his cover he's Reverend Jonathan Worley, but he's also the head of the pagan crew, People Against Good and Normalcy. He's convicted at the end of two counts of attempted murder, kidnapping, arson, obstruction of justice, and tampering with public utilities. He's presently in the men's correctional facility in Chino, serving forty three consecutive life sentences, and that makes him eligible for parole in seven years. Wow. Yeah. So two out of the first three are Christopher Plummer. Yeah, who would have predicted that? No one. Was Star Trek V, the final frontier, is a Shatner one? I forget the rule. It's either odd or even are the good... I think it might be odd. Evens are the goods, because that's Wrath of Khan. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but this is number five, directed by Shatner. It's the one where Fox half-brother hijacks the, the Enterprise to go into the uncharted region of space because there's, like, a powerful god-like entity yeah. yeah it's not actually is it yeah and you know sometimes god isn't actually an actor sometimes he's the sort of gigantic animated photo of a former cricket player like he was in in not life of brian the other one monty python and the holy grail and the holy the grail graham yeah. chapman's sort of cartoon <laughs> things of him and like <laughs> looking really stern and it was was it wc fields they used the the yeah wg yeah, was, grace yeah, yeah that was uh, god yeah so nice. god's a religious figure as far as i understand it i think so well i hope so because he's he features in in this next one or um, she or someone that likened themselves to god yeah, yeah well apocalypse now and I'm thinking the movie where obviously the Marlon Brando has has gone mad in the jungle and believes in that he is pretty much a god now, and they they send somebody down to assassinate him. Martin Sheen. It's you know it's just a, a fantastic movie. This it's a hell of a, a soundtrack. Big actors. Bigger than that, Dan. They're large, mm. and they got bigger actually. Yeah, they, as he went on, but it was certainly large, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, the last thing he played, I think, or one of the last ones, it was with oh bloody hell, this doesn't sound good. Do you remember his last? His Island last, of Doctor Moreau. No, it was up there. It was. It was, it was one of the the last. One. Yeah, that was one of the last ones. Norton. Oh, the played, score. It might have been the score. It's the score because yeah. it, it's De Niro, isn't it? And and he's, yeah. you just see Brando kind of come onto onto Shuffle screen on. and uh, he's by a swimming pool or something. But he's he's still just a fantastic presence on the screen. Mm. Okay. Has anyone seen Keeping the Faith? No. It's, have I? What is it? It's a story okay. about two childhood friends, three childhood friends, in fact, two boys 
and they grow up to be Ed Norton and Ben Stiller and the girl, Jenna Elfman. She's a fucking nutcase. Anyway, she goes off and she's really successful in like the corporate world. He Stiller is a rabbi. Yes. And Ed Norton is a priest. Priest, yeah, yeah. And they can So he's he has the obviously the vow of celibacy. Yeah. And but he falls for her. Yeah. But she is in a relationship with Ben Stiller and they're keeping it secret. Yeah. And he is sort of getting the reflected romance vibes, not realising that it's all going on. And he has a moment where they're in a room and he tries to confess and, and she's going to tell him about the relationship with Stiller. And he thinks she's about to say, I'm, I'm into you. Oh, yeah. And he goes in to kiss her and it's like oh, super it's fucking cringe. Yeah. yeah. But it all, it works out in, in the end. Did, she turned yeah. out to be like complete Scientology nutcase, fucking lunatic. Who was it again? Jenna Elfman. Right. Yeah. Ed Norton did another one where he played like a, a choir boy. The Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was it. Primal Fear. That Primal Fear. Yeah, that, was, that was my murderer for last yeah. week, yeah. And that was a kind of religious Very film. much so, Bob. Yeah. One of the tropes I like is the sort of badass preacher. So you got Father Magruder, the kung fu priest mm. from Brain Dead. I kick ass for the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> he gets taken down turned into a zombie. And Alien 3 has Dylan, that's Charles S. Dutton's character. He's the former rapist and murderer who turned to God while imprisoned on on that mm -hmm. thing. And uh, believe it or not, it shares a lot of similarities with the movie Sister Act, uh, <laughs> Alien 3. Basically the same story structure. In, the, in both movies, the heroine is forced to live in a closed community of same-gendered religious fanatics and then uses her special skills to help save the day, which in Alien 3 is, you know, to kill a xenomorph, but in this is, in Sister Act is to make a choir sing well. <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's not exactly the same. But, Almost, um, it, yeah. But it fits in nicely to mm. this topic, Sister Act. And it, there's two movies, and I have seen both of them, and they both have different specific reasons for her going undercover as a nun. <laughs> you know, so it's the sort of diehard now. Yeah. I haven't seen either of them because I genuinely would like run a mile from like specific religious type yeah. it was okay. subject matter. It's okay. I quite like Whoopi, but it's just not into it. A sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's just brilliant. They're in the title, isn't it? It's got Lauren Hill in it. I thought it did. I, remember, I think I remember enjoying it at the time. The first one, I yeah. do have reasonably fond memories, but yeah. She was a nun. But she wasn't, was she? Because Harvey Keitel was in that movie and he was the asshole boyfriend. That's why she, that's why she had to go undercover because she saw him killing someone. She was like a Vegas singer and stuff. Yeah. He was also Judas Iscariot in The Last Temptation of Christ. Christ. Yeah. And that was a religious-esque film. I well, Christ is pretty religious as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, was that Willem? That played Jesus in that yeah. one. Yeah. He did play Jesus, didn't he? I don't know if it that was, was the Scorsese one, wasn't it? Was it even Schrader as well? I've got, I think, hang on, it I think might it have was. been Paul Schrader. Uh, I was looking, I, I had a few different people that had played Noah, oh. Russell Crowe. Yeah, I really love that movie. John Voight in a mini series. He plays he's, Noah. He's mental, isn't he? Full MAGA, yeah. 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 Um, I think he's more MAGA than Trump. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's I'm going to like a meeting and Trump isn't the biggest prick there. <laughs> well, there Nick were, Fuentes yeah, and two Kanye. Bigger. <laughs> like two bigger twats than Trump in the room. Imagine that. I'm sure that's why he invited him. It's amazing. You can point well, there was else. the other one where... We're getting well. There's still religious content. Kanye and Frentes was was on that Infowars prick Alex Jones' yeah. show, and, and he, he was he like, was the moderate one. Calm like, it down, uh, lads. I don't think you can say that. <laughs> it's quite incredible. Oh man, it's me. not really that funny, is it? Though, but it's just completely lost his mind. I think. Anyway, yeah. Over to me. I've mentioned this show before, and it's the story of the four oh seven seventh mash. Mm. And the character is his uh, first lieutenant, Captain Father John Patrick Francis Mulcahy. And he is the level-headed, wise, you know, sage guy. He's, you know, dishing the out advice, that the, you know, obviously doing the sermons, at the, you know, yeah. and all that. But he's the one who's, you know, with all this chaos is going on, he's the one who just brings everyone back down. And I've, I have mentioned this particular episode before, but he has to counsel Hawkeye goes like fairly catatonic and he's there's been an episode and they're basically what's happened was they're out in the field and they're getting stalked by the enemy and they have to basically hunker down they're hiding in this bus 
and eventually they get the story out of Hawkeye that he's had to, he's witnessed a lady there kill a chicken to stop the chicken from making the noise and revealing where they are. Mm. And as you get through oh, the story, yeah, yeah, you turn yeah, yeah. out it was her own child and so she's had to sacrifice her child to not give away their position so that everyone on the bus is killed and it sent Hawkeye into this fucking state and his father Mulcahy's having to cancel him through it and all that it's really stuck with me that fucking episode because you're watching genuinely like most of the time it's light hearted oh you know hijinks in the camp and this one you're like fuck me it's like proper harrowing shit yeah yeah Yeah. terrible just on that point i Listen to Radio 4 this morning and what's going on in Haiti now is just yeah. like dark Barren. as well. Yeah, yeah. real bad. Riggs. The signs by M. Night Shyamalan is pretty bad. It's not as bad as what's going on in Haiti, but it's <laughs> pretty bad. And that has a friend of my people, Mel Gibson, mm. as a recently widowed priest. Um, just the water one. Yeah. That's it's it. nonsensical. Water, water allergic spacemen invade earth yeah. and he is also reminded the family or something yeah and a baseball bat and <laughs> very much like gibson's character in signs was harvey Keitel's in from dust till dawn yeah he was a recently widowed preacher but later on he becomes a hideous blood-sucking creature who bites his own son so that is a different spin mm. on that and oh what else Ah, oh, Born Again Christian. I like a Born Again Christian. And Kevin in Meet the Fockers, Owen Wilson's character. He's everything that Greg Still is a uh, gay lord fucker, isn't he? He's wealthy, he's a homeowner, he's on good terms with love interest, Pam, Pam's dad, Jack, and he's a Born Again Christian, whereas Stiller is, is none of those things and Jewish, obviously. And he's built a wedding altar, or as you might call it, a chuppah. <laughs> And uh, he's, uh, he says, when they purchase a home, maybe it will grace their garden. Well, that's my sappy romantic idea. And it took him 18 hours to build it out of a single piece of wood. It's just brilliant. So, yeah, that's a born again Christian. Well, I've mentioned this film a, a couple of times. Um, you haven't seen it. It's Marty Scorchio, Silence. I was going to mention it because I read about it, but it just sounds like something I want to avoid like you would not fucking believe <laughs> yeah so miserable or, and hard or, to get through ordinarily i would say but it's it's really it's stuck with me it's still a film i can remember some of the scenes and yeah just the way I, no, I read, shot what is. i read about it was you know audiences fucking stayed away in droves and it is incredibly powerful and effective yeah. but i just i want to enjoy myself man i can't watch that shit yeah well <laughs> i enjoyed it watching this and it's it's the in the 17th century you've got these two portuguese jesuit priest travel to japan mm. in attempt to locate their mentor who's rumored to have committed what was it apostasy apostrophe yeah he's punctuated like he's, he's punctuated <laughs> no like he's 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 renounced jesus and jesus and, uh, yeah exactly and and they go there and and they try to find out what has happened and at that time the japanese were you know Full on. They were looking for anything. People were hiding crosses or, or whatever. You think just two pieces of wood would do it. Like, but though anything hidden, that was it. They were thrown in a pit and they were tortured or they were starved or that, you know, until they, they renounced and then they were given everything. But such is their belief and everything, what they went through to, to resist just saying the words of, I don't believe or I renounce, mm. you know, it's, fantastic adam driver liam neeson really good one yeah if liam neeson was the one looking he could have used his very particular set of skills yeah yeah <laughs> would have been right it was yeah. the one way around uh, i've got a football movie for you oh set in a prison mean machines yeah who's the well the goalkeeper's called the monk isn't he oh yeah <laughs> statum. statum yeah, yeah. statum what a great goalkeeper isn't he like locked behind like some maximum security yeah he's thing? yeah he's a psychopath so he's in the he's in the solitary like maximum yeah. security bit but he's allowed to play football <laughs> yeah because of football yeah so there you go mean machine and he's like the world's greatest goalkeeper i don't well. think we've had mean machine in before no there you go we used to have a goalkeeper at some one who was also nicknamed the monk all right because he probably was a psychopath is, is mean machine kind of the longish yard yeah same yeah, yeah Vinnie jones a former disgraced england captain he rigged a match right inside because he yeah. then he battered a couple of policemen as i remember as albert ruddy was the the guy he was a producer of the godfather and he wrote that all right the longish yard 
And then Sandler did it as well. Then, yeah, it's been done a few times. It's yeah. a classic story now, isn't it? You know, it's just the the underdogs and the and the the, the, the police and the the prison and all the rest of it. Yeah, Bruce Almighty. <laughs> I'll take it. Go, Bruce Almighty. Have seen that one? Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bruce Nolan, Jim Carrey gets his an enlightening experience by Morgan Freeman. God. Yeah. Yeah. He's played God a few times, I think, Morgan Freeman, or had the voice of... He did a a program about finding God or something, a documentary series, and he went to all different places. He narrated that is in Varanasi. And the ferry guy that I had told me that he was Morgan Freeman's as well. I was like, yeah, yeah. Then he pulled out Over a photo the river of sticks. Him. Yeah. Then he pulled out a photo of him. He goes, there's me and Morgan. Oh, I was right. like, oh, no way. Cool. Well, then you've got Evan Almighty. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Was that seen, was Steve one Carell. Of those, they're, yeah. they're connected, aren't they? Well, he's the newsreader in... In Bruce. In Bruce Almighty. And then he's like a Noah in... Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's terrible, that one, isn't it? But Bruce Almighty's all right, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Mohammed's kind of a hard one to find a lot of depictions of. But South Park sort of famously courted this controversy, didn't they? Because there was a bunch of like European newspapers that... Danish one, I Danish think. Danish one, and then... Was it French? Because they shot yeah. up the... Yeah. And they depicted cartoons That's right, of yeah. Mohammed. And then South Park basically flirted with doing it. And I don't think... I can't remember whether they did actually depict no, him. I don't but think they did. He is... I did see in here that he is a member of a team of superheroes with the power of pyrokinesis in South Park. And I don't know whether Controls they Controls fire actually. with his mind. Yeah. Right, okay. What do you think about all that? I just think... Don't, it's just... Not the South Park one, but the newspapers. I just think... It's just needless. Like, just don't... Well, it's provocative. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's complicated, isn't it? It is complicated. That's true. I've got a, a classically biblical one, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Mm. Way back in 1956, you remember it well, Dan. Uh, Heston. He Charlton. Play, yeah. He plays Bobby Moses, Charlton. and he also is the voice of God at the burning bush. Yeah. And He's talking to himself. Fraser Heston plays the infant Moses. That's his son. Life imitating art there, wow. in a way. Well, yeah. Val Kilmer was the voice of Moses and God in the 1998 animated film, The Prince of Egypt, which I've never seen. But that's what Is it a DreamWorks one, I think. Gets you. Mm. I know, I'd quite like to see it, yeah. Have we had any druids? Well, I've got a druid for you in Idle Hands. Do you remember that? It's a 1999 no. stoner horror comedy. It had Jessica Alba in it. And it's got Devon Sawa. You probably won't know the name, but you will know him as Stan in the Eminem music video. Right, okay. So yep. the originator of that, Stanning, as well. So he plays Anton, a bored 17-year-old with no ambition and motivation, and he lusts after Jessica Alba, who's the girl next door. And also his right hand has been possessed by a demon, and he has to cut it off with an electric carver in an obvious nod to Evil Dead too. And it's got Vivica Fox in it as a really hot druid priestess named Debbie. So yeah, druids, all kinds of things okay. represented here siddhartha was the the buddha he'd been played in a couple of i think keanu played him in really yeah like a, the buddha of suburbia or, oh yeah and but there was a the life of siddhartha film which was good actually it was it, it was pretty good and there's another one with miller Repper, who's like a tibetan sage who ate nettles and turned green and it was all very religious but really he did and he was a tibetan kind of you know holy man right. that was quite a good one yeah quite a good film about their lives because it's all within the the culture of those countries and everything and the and the settings of the mountains really nice mm. uh luke jackson actions yeah from cool hand luke he's not particularly you know godly like a god but they do some heavy-handed christ imagery with him after he does the famous 50 eggs challenge mm, mm. he's slumped over the the dining table and properly giving it quite even the leg you know it's just couldn't it's be more twisted yeah obvious yeah. and then when he dies spoiler alert, he dies and they show a great big aerial shot of two roads intersecting and it's just like a gigantic cross and then his image like <laughs> it appears over it's like yeah like we get it yeah Jesus. yeah we'll go on, no no well i was gonna start rounding it up really yeah. i don't know if you've got i've got anything. yeah some some ones to round off with yeah go for it well preacher 
we all like the graphic novel and the series less so for me but he is a preacher mm. and he has the power of genesis yeah um, i thought that got better and better actually well maybe i should get back into it because i ditched it mm. in series three right yeah. at the start of series three and then tv one father ted basically everyone in that i really like that show he died really young as well it's really sad and i love bill and ted's excellent adventure and they are captured and taken off into the the future where it's a kind of utopian paradise yeah and they are being observed by the two Wild great Stallions. ones mm. and one of them is clarence clemens who is a god of the saxophone in my eyes from the e street band so there you go and in the second one they go to heaven yeah true know. that so, yeah yeah nightcrawler from the x2 was pretty catholic about it all mm. and in saving private ryan barry pepper's character you remember him he was the sniper sergeant a, peppers yeah yeah and uh, he was a, he used to like kiss his cross and yeah. say a prayer as he was sniping nazis and yeah we already talked about noah didn't we so i can't really go back there again uh, gangs of new york had liam neeson's priest valen he was the father of dicaprio's amsterdam valen thor he was God, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to wedge him. Oh, Friar Tuck. That was the other one. There's been seven, at least 17 different Friar Tucks, and they're all either kind of fat ale drinkers, like Mile Mc, Mike McShane's one in Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Or sort of skilled swordsmen, like in, well, the only one I can think of when it was the animated one, but he was a badger, but... Yeah. It was a bear, isn't it, in the <clears throat> Disney one? He's a badger, I think. Yeah. Okay. I, think, had, I uh, always thought he was a badger. Yeah, you're probably right. Gareth Bale played uh, Moses in Exodus, Gods of Egypt, or Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. Like one, of, those, um, one yeah. of the Bales. Ben Kingsley played Moses in a, a TV thing, and, and Christian Slater was Moses as well. So Cat all Slater's had a go at the brother, yeah. parting of the seas. Yeah, I think if I'm going to put one in, I, I'm going to hold back on silence because you guys haven't seen it. Mm. So you have a, you have a. Well, there's another show that I want to mention, but I don't have a particular character per se, but Battlestar Galactica, the humans in that, they worship many gods and the Cylons worshipped one god and there was all this religious fanaticism woven into the story. It's really great. But shall we go over to to our online nominations? Yeah, let's get something from there. Brian from Life and Brian, that was Vimesy. He also mentioned Yoda, priest of a hokum religion. Pete Postlethwaite as Friar Lawrence in Romeo and Juliet. These are all Vimes' ones. And he also mentioned Father Ted Creeley from Father Ted. Mm, and William of Baskerville from The Name of the Rose. Sean Scene oh, yeah. Connery. Ah. Pete would have talked about that. He likes that movie, I think. Breach, you mentioned St. Maud. Riggs, it sounds like something you probably be Yeah, horror-y. I have seen it, but I need to watch it again. But yeah, really Is it good. Rebecca yeah. Ferguson? It was this St. Vincent with uh, Bill Murray. That wasn't that about a dog. Well, no, I think it was about a, a, a guy. Don't right. think he was at a dog. One or the other. A sister act's been mentioned by Rose yeah. Garden. Darren Fleur de Leithley has got a few for us. Brendan Gleeson's Priest in Cavalry. Yeah. Bishop from Aliens. The Priest from Life of Brian. Are you sure you're not a woman? That's it really for online ones. I'm sure there'll be more well, throughout the week. Well, let's put one of those so in. Uh, oh, wow. What, what are do you, you reckon? Vimesy was hot to trot. Get one of his. Well, I'm going to throw in Lucifer for mine. Okay. It's... Well, let's put in William of Baskerville from, from Vimesy. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I'll oh, go for Noah. You're going for Noah. Which variant? Uh, Aronofsky's Noah. I really like that movie. I'm not Russell seen Russell Crowe. I'm going to put in... Religious I'm going to put things. in... Reverend Jonathan Worley from Dragnet. Nice. Well, we need one more online and we've wrapped it up. It's one of the all-time great biscuit choices. Mm. Yeah, um, we haven't got a lot, but we do have the Foxes... <laughs> Crunch. Crunch cream. creams. Crunch uh, cream. An absolute sensation. I incorrectly identified it as a custard cream. No, I, but... they're a good biscuit, but they're nowhere, They're not on this level. It's another level. They're not on yeah. this level at all. And that segues very nicely into this week's movie, which was not a comedy. It's first reformed. Yeah. Back into A24 studio territory here. Yeah. Which was nice. How does this one start, Riggs? Oh, God, where do we even start? Well, it begins going through like a tree-lined street. I was getting and like it, mega... The church is in yeah, the background. Mega there, Kubrick vibes because it's, 
like completely symmetrical yeah yeah it just goes into the ch- just a shot like a long tracking shot right up to the front of the church and it is perfectly symmetrical real definite all the way and then it just yeah it just stops and it holds the frame doesn't it so you've got the entire church and the steeple it's a beautiful building isn't it it is yeah and it's uh, it's like this white pan wood paneled tall church it's the Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens. But in this, it's there's a sign out f- the front explaining the history of the church. It's the first Reformed church, and it was organised in 1757, built by settlers in 1801. And it's the oldest church in Albany, New York, and it's funded by the Abundant Life Group. Mm. But where they brought up the credits seemed quite old-fashioned to me. Quite yeah, a throwback style. Yeah, because yeah, it it's kind of yeah. silent, really, isn't yeah. it? And it's like cursive, sort of scripty yeah. mm. credits. And it's in one thirty-three one aspect ratio as well, which I didn't realise. Um, I thought it was 4-3. Uh, well, mm. we can have a ratio off. Yeah, we could do. Unusually shot in a 4-3 ratio. Well, I've got one thirty-three one here. Let's <laughs> Maybe it depends the version you yeah. watched. I rented this off Prime. Mm-hmm. So whichever version they've got. Yeah. Anyway, so we get Ethan Hawke keeping a journal of his thoughts, a diary really of his spiritual crisis. And he says he's going to be like searingly honest and write everything that happens down in capitals. I write in capitals. Everything in capitals. Yeah. Like, all right. Okay. I was like Hitler, did you say? No. It's just that my handwriting is neater in capitals than it is in you know, proper. I, yeah. I kind of find myself switching sometimes. I'll start in oh, capital and then it will go into something else, depending on how quickly I'm, I need to write. But his writing is something he's going to do for a year. Yeah. And then he's going to destroy all the pages. Which sounds that. like something a psychopath or someone well, who's going exercise. to do something quite erratic might say. But it's also an exercise is what I was picking up. Yeah, he's documenting his spiritual crisis and he doesn't want to be a coward about it. He wants to to, get things down. Yeah. And when you do write things down and you put them down, it it maybe just puts in thoughts that you didn't even know was there. So he's tapping into that. Yeah. He's giving a sermon to about eight people, but it's clear that the church itself kind of exists mainly because it's kind of a historical landmark. Mm. And he operates kind of not just as a reverend, but he's kind of a tour guide and a souvenir shop salesman. And and well, it does have the nickname of of being the the tourist something or other. They talk about a little bit later and. They ask, "Oh, what's the nickname of the the church there?" Mm. And it's yeah, it's like the something a bit condescending yeah or something like that after service one day he's visited by mary which was amanda seafried yeah and she asks him to talk to her husband michael who's this sort of depressed environmental activist and he's depressed because he thinks it's wrong to bring a child into the world and he wants an abortion at first toller tries to kind of brush it off and he says oh you should speak to abundant life they're more equipped for this which is a sort of mega church that we're gonna meet in a minute but yeah Through pride, he says he'll speak to him, basically. Yeah, he agrees. And she's she agrees after lunch the next day. So he goes straight to and he goes to the the house and he sits down and and speaks to Michael just one on one. And he seems kind of a normal chap to begin with. He's he's able to that great shape. No, pretty distressed. he, He was. Yeah, but, you know, he, he can hold a conversation. Oh, yeah. He really well, wasn't, you know... They um, have this incredibly intense conversation, a theological and philosophical conversation about climate change. You know, he's presenting him with sort of scientific evidence saying, like, by 2050, you know, when his son or daughter will be 33, the natural world will be almost destroyed. The Earth's temperature will be three degrees higher than it is now. There will be irreversible damage being done to the to the climate and the, the natural world. And uh, he talks, you know, he talks about a number of possible outcomes, seas rising, epidemics. Remember, this was in 2017. Yeah. And he says that civilization will collapse. It's not set up to hold, you know, to... to, to Can't withstand Resist, yeah. yeah, multiple social social crises. And, and he's got all behind him, arts and, and newspaper clippings and, and evidence from scientists and things. Mm. And, you know, talks about the facts that, you know, widely accepted by... Most, you know, 99% of this that, you know, 
things are getting worse and worse. And he talks about his activism, people protesting in the rainforest and people dying for their political choices. And so he thinks it's morally wrong, basically, to bring a child into this world is what he's saying. And he's got the the, pre, the reverend there to take to talk to him. And Toller does. And he talks, first of all, he talks about like the joy and mystery and beauty of nature. And he's discuss- he asks whether he's discussed it with Mary and abortion. And he says, this isn't about Mary, this isn't about the baby. This is about your despair and de- depression, basically, your despair. Yeah, that's right. He's, he is thoroughly depressed about the, the state of the earth. Mm. And even the, the church's apathy, but everybody else is towards doing anything about it. And that kind of twigs in. Well, with Reverend Tom a little bit later on as he as he reflects on this because he ends this particular conversation and goes back into his well, church. It, he tells it's important because he says he talks him round by saying that, you know, he, he talks about his past. He was a military chaplain. And he comes from a long line of military chaplain, military chaplains, and it's like this patriotic duty. And he talked his son into enlisting mm. and he was killed. So he explicitly says he talked his son into a war that had no moral justification and he was killed and it just destroyed his whole life. That's right. He says, marriage broke up. Bringing some, you know, taking somebody out of this world is, you know, the decision to take somebody out, life out of the world is, is, is a choice of despair. And mm. there are also choices of hope in the world. Yeah. So yeah, he talks about holding those two contradictory ideas in your head about wisdom, about hope and and despair. Yeah, it's all cheery at this point. <laughs> well, it's so, just not often no. you see like deeply intense, like philosophical and theological discuss discussions, and ones that seem authentic and kind of relatable, even if you're not into organised religion at any point. You know, really thought provoking stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, they 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 settle down and they agree to meet again. Yeah, and I can't remember. Is this the second meeting? Well, Mary now? Mary gives them a nudge and, and she's discovered something. Yeah, that's she's, right. She's, I put it all back how I found it. I want you to see it, and she like shuffles him into this room and it's fucking like suicide vest. Yeah, so pretty intense stuff. And he's like, oh well, shit, you know. I better take this. I'll I'll take this forward. I'll go and speak to him, and and you know. And then when I speak to him tomorrow, I'll bring this up. And the phone call comes the next day to meet, but he gets a text message, I think, just before then to say, oh, can you now meet me in the park? And he heads down to this park and it's just snow, isn't it? It's it's cold and nobody's there. My dog went mental at this scene. I went fucking mental. Really? I had to hoof her out. Wow. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, it it was quite an atmospheric scene Mm. because he's walking through this this small kind of wood and it's covered with with snow. And then you get like the full on. Yeah. Michael's not doing great. Yeah, carcass really. It's the, the body, aftermath you know, of a suicide by shotgun. Yeah, yeah um, he's bl- and you see quite graphically the the guy's head's blown off. Like, yeah. and he he turns away and obviously makes the call and the police come and he has to then go to and they do this scene him telling Mary quite quickly, don't they? They just have the policeman coming out saying if there's anything, ma'am. If there's anything, the conversation. Well, he's been made had. a decision to try and make this easier for her in a way by he takes the laptop well before all this toller himself has taken the suicide vest away so yeah, it's, yeah. he michael had discovered that his vest has gone missing so it yeah. makes them complicit in his so and after in the aftermath of his death when the police go back he goes to talk to to mary and he wants to cover things up oh let's take his laptop and destroy it and that's when he discovers his last will and testament yeah yeah so and, and his and alcoholism yeah. has been getting really bad and he's been getting ill. And there's a whole bit that we haven't really talked about, which is yeah, his t- mentor, Joel, Reverend Joel Jeffries, which was Cedric the Entertainer. Mm. He sort of gave Toller his life back together after he you know, fell out of the military and put him in this position at the church. And he runs this abundant life mega church, which is like a, a huge kind of corporate organization of religion. Well, they're almost like not the political arm or they they get funding. And mm. as we learn, as he goes through the, the computer file, he, he he found this letter that's addressed to him. And it's his last will and testament with with certain instructions of yeah. what he wants to do. But he also looks on his on his computer and he he sees various photographs. And then he sees, you know, the 
the amount of money that has been donated to the church. He sees that he gets a list of the top polluters and there's a, a local firm, Bulk Industries, on there. Yeah. And then he looks on the donation page and finds that Bulk are a big contributor to Abundant Life. So, so we're um, just getting into this kind of environmental film almost hmm. now. It, it, it goes quite heavy on this side now, doesn't well, it? Well, it's clear the conversation this, yeah. that he had with Michael ignited a fire in Toller about environmentalism. He can't square the circle of all this damage being done to nature and God's creation. Well, that's right. He has this conversation with the, and he says, well, you know, you've got to look at the bigger picture and, and things like this. And he's saying, no, well, you know, there is, this is the big picture. This is happening now. And he, he reels off some of the facts given to him by Michael to a guy from bulk or volk or whatever it is this is in the diner in the yeah. diner well because yeah. well, the the back back fill of the story is there's a 250 year isn't it uh, the reconsecration of, the, of church. the church so there's this big thing going so where he's been doing his sermons to half a dozen people or at uh, the most there's now going to be the big event and yeah they're like concerned that he's he's not well he he's had some tests for stomach cancer or something like that, and he's, he's drinking, also, he's drinking way too much. Probably just got a load of ulcers. But Cedric, the entertainer, is like concerned about him, and they have this meeting. But it's with the other dude. Yeah, that, and he he's I like this thing because he's like, well, you know, that, that's just one way of looking at it. He's yeah, like, no, it's not. He's just like cutting through all the bullshit and just shooting him down is really good yeah and they basically just tell him to shut up and fucking like it or lump it basically yeah and what he's concerned about is toller did in fact take carry out michael's last wishes mm. which were to have his ashes scattered at a site of environmental damage or yeah, toxic, toxic waste, waste dump. dump yeah um, singing a Neil Young protest song which of course they're worried is being seen as a political act and and you know it is now a political act and, and Toller is dumbfounded when Jeffries won't take a political position with the church on environmentalism. That's right. Yeah, he, he's pretty annoyed at that. And and this is probably where the, the thoughts of... And we, we've we been told by him that he's going to take that suicide vest and get rid of it and dispose it. And you do see him flushing stuff down the toilet at one point well you see repeated or, shots of the drain cleaning yeah and you, mm-hmm. you think oh okay then he's he's done that he's got rid of it but he hasn't he's kept on to it and we we learn that he's he's going to use this big 250 yeah, year old you know birthday celebration to to blow everyone up yeah, yeah. it's pretty clear his mental state is deteriorating yeah. and you I, I don't know about you guys but i couldn't help getting like really big taxi driver vibes yeah well we can get to all that i guess but yeah yeah Yeah, very much so so yeah he's falling apart he's got his pepto or whatever for his he's got stomach cancer so and he's not looking after himself he's still drinking like a fish he puts his fucking stomach cancer medicine in his whiskey and it curdles like horribly and then he explicitly becomes an unreliable narrator now as well because he tells us that he's ripped pages out of his journal and you didn't like what he was reading and that Mm. sort of thing so that sort of thing and he spent a lot of his time drunk and not writing and then one night mary comes to see him before she leaves to see her sister she's been having nightmares and she's scared and anxious she's got a baby on the way and then just kind of non you know chalantly she drops in this thing about how she used to have this sort of ritual of physical intimacy with her non-sexual physical so, intimacy. so there was, yeah. she would lie like just on top of it was a bit like her husband yeah. while he was on the on the ground they would just feel each other breathing yeah against a bit like each other jude bellingham and yeah and and Jordan Jordan Henderson Henderson. After, the, after they scored the goal at the opening goal yesterday. but lying down yeah and then they go into outer space well first of all they do the lying down <laughs> they do the lying down bit and it is like a ghost story i didn't realize yeah, yeah but it was it, yeah. how long it was the sort yeah, of breathing they, they, and that they slowly then, started to, to well, the rise. camera the camera pivots as well as yeah. they as they start levitate. to sort of levitate and it just just it just carries on to like a kind of journey through suddenly space and time well, or something in the cosmos and yeah. then down a mountain range and it, seas it, and forests there was and... the sound of music in there wasn't there, there was, <laughs> yeah but then there. it's cars and tires and yeah you know pollution and pollution and pollution and, and, and the bur- and and, all and this. the place where Michael was buried, that strangely beautiful sort of shipyardy type. So, thing. so this connection then that we're imagining that they're having, and this understanding on a on a deeper level that they're able to, 
you know float along together and have you know the these thoughts and it comes back round to well this environmentalism yeah and, and there's another like straight afterwards there's a really interesting scene where he talks about the church was on the slave trail Mm. or whatever it was a safe haven for That's slaves right. yes yeah. people were trying to escape to and Canada. it was part of the abolitionist movement so it's like basically the movie screaming at you the church is political it has been yeah. political in its in its history you know and it's just choosing not to take a, a stance yeah yeah anyway well, so he, he has like this heartfelt goodbye with mary and he says he'll come to visit her in buffalo but she says oh no i'm coming to the reconsecration like, no, you do not fucking come to yeah. that and she's and like, no, no, quite, I, I want to be he's there. He's quite like, firm. In yeah, the no, he's, it's pretty quick because, you know, you know what's happening. Yeah, well, next <laughs> and, scene, he gears up with and, the suicide. And she's like, no, no, I want to be there. And he's like, no, I'm asking mm. you, please do not come. And uh, she fucking does. <laughs> yeah. Well, he turns up, he puts the suicide vest on and uh, yeah. Yeah, he's ready to go. The, you, can, you get the the full shot of the church and it is packed to the rafters. The, the choir is singing. It's all ready to he's go. He's late on and stage. And they kind of look around like, well, where is he? Because he's been basically given the role of just introducing the very beginning of it. And that's yeah, he's his been only, completely marginalised That's his now. only role to play in this. But um, he is kicking it off. So they're all waiting for that's him. The, that's all they he needs. know that it's a big deal for everyone. They know that he's got a drinking problem and they're already worried about him. Yeah. And he, he has he a couple of friends. Up. Yeah, he has a couple of friends in there as well. Esther, I think, is, is one that is a girl that's into him but they'd had a relationship he's viciously horrible yeah, he, to her he, he he just again maybe wanting her to stay away yeah. from this thing the same as as mary's but he's he, kind of being nasty in the way that yeah don't come looking for me because but I he don't. does he does look out the window and sees and he sees her oh, yeah fuck, and he's really that. annoyed <laughs> because he he suddenly isn't it's going sort of to panics, well, he sobs and howls his yeah. anguish and despair and uh, and I think and he takes the 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 vest off and he replaces it with barbed wire yeah. that he lashes about and presses against his flesh and really gruesome and it's really tough and in there well and he puts on his tunic his over the top of it and you can mm. see the blood starting to come through yeah and Mary rocks up yeah he fills a whiskey glass with drain cleaner yeah and he goes to drink it not and as then tasty as it looks I wouldn't have thought Mary sort of turns up and 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 he drops the glass and then suddenly the room becomes like much lighter and brighter and the camera spins around them and and the music kind of swirls and they they kiss for ages for ages and ages and ages and then it just cuts really abruptly mid thing to black and and then a few seconds for the credits and you you know you think is this someone else going to come back yeah i did i Um, I was hanging around like maybe there'll be a noise of something you know no just that's it at the end that was that Mm. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot going on within it. The the conversations, as you mentioned, you know, really thought provoking. I like, you know, I like films that that talk about big subjects, the environment, the church. Here, you know, these are, these are big subjects and, and nuanced takes on it as well. You know, not everybody's a bad guy. There's a lot of yeah, yeah, and and Ethan Hawke was yeah in this. Mm-hmm. He was amazing. He was I he was really. You know, strong performance. I like him a lot, anyway, and I, I, I like his choices a lot of the time in in films as mm. well. Uh, he he doesn't seem to do too much garbage, or at least stuff that I don't <laughs> connect with. But I must say, I didn't really love this all the way through. It was sometimes a bit too slow for me. Maybe just the mood I'm in. Another day, I might have just been mm. more into this film mm. because there are, you know, really good conversations and things to think about. I, yeah, I struggled as good as it was. I struggled to like his character much, to be honest, or feel much sympathy just for, for him. He just gets someone else. But it was, yeah, almost two films. Like there was a spiritual side and then this environmental side. And I'd like to have seen it go a little more into this because it started with the spiritual side but Mm. i don't know it it didn't 100 percent work for me i enjoyed it but about you me yeah i have to say i was and this might say a lot about me but i was gutted that he didn't detonate (laughs) 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 honestly it was like 
so I was crestfallen about that. I never believed he <laughs> would. I, I never believed no, he would. No, it wasn't really that kind of movie. It wasn't yeah. going to go that way. I should have seen that coming. But yeah, subject matter was, you know, like you say, big topics, whether I didn't, it didn't do a lot for me, I have to say. No. I find it a bit. I know Riggs already let the cat out of the bag earlier when he thought about it. But yeah, it just left me a bit, bit cold, a bit, yeah, just rather watch Taxi Driver for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Riggs, you, you felt differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was top 10 movies I've seen this year, definitely. Really, really like this. Loads of interesting themes. The director's own, like, he's, Schrader is a strict, was raised as a strict Calvinist. He never even watched a movie until he was 17 and uh, then became a film critic. You know, his whole story and the interesting backdrop it provides to all the authenticity in this movie about complicated real world subjects. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Great, great stuff. Yeah, so it's splitters, really, isn't it? I don't hate it or anything. I mean, no, I, and I, I get just... that, you know, there was a lot up there if that if this is your flavour of things, then you'd be dead into it. And I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, it was edgy and it took chances and the subject, I mean, it could be quite controversial even maybe, I don't know. But for me, I was just, maybe, yeah, like you meant, Dan, maybe it just wasn't in the right mood for it. Yeah, I, I was, really but... do, you know, I really do like the subjects, though, mm. that they talk about. So I... I, I'd hoped to like it more than I actually did. You know, yeah. it was just it was just one of those. Didn't really connect with it. I, the fact that they uh, say church taking responsibility and and how they even the arguments behind that all you know God's small creatures and everything and then the funding that they're taking for. It, well, yeah, Jeffries is basically like I you know do you realise what great... it takes to run a massive organisation? You know, yeah. he's like. It, we can't do that kind of thing. That's basically the conversation. He literally mighty booshes him, turns his back on him at one point. Yeah, this it was so deep and so rich. I bet if you had like like a big theology background, there'd be so many scenes that were parables and whatnot, because it is a parable about hope and, and despair, basically. That's what it's about. And oh, yeah, great stuff. Ethan Hawke's brilliant in it as well. Should have got an Oscar. See, he leaves me cold as well a lot of the time. Oh, he should have got an Oscar for this. He won something. Hang on. Wait there, I can tell you. It wasn't an Oscar, though. No, he won no. Best Male Lead at the Independent Spirit Awards, which mm. is kind of like the Wooden Spoon Awards. But no, well done. We do need some clarity on the aspect ratio thing, though. Yeah. Because that is just going to eat us well, up inside maybe forevermore. Maybe Ethan will be in touch to let us know. Dan, you've pretty much retired from the kids section it these days. It feels, feels that way, yeah. doesn't it? But I haven't. I've just, it's been a bit of a blind spot. Um, well, let's see if we can sell this one to okay. you. We watched Ask the Storyboards, didn't we, Reece? Yeah. And did. it was season one, episode two. Yes. How do airplanes fly? Yeah. So educational shit, Dan. Right. Okay. Aimed at? Humans. Humans. Yeah. yeah. Beings. Yes, human yeah. beings. Okay. Yeah. Good. Sort of five to? 50. Yeah. So yeah. you're out. 50. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's a sort of it's a Netflix original live action animated educational yeah. hybrid thing. But it's it's like a almost a scattergun approach of stuff they throw at the screen. Yeah. So the storybots themselves, it starts off with like the boss story hap. Thing. Hap. He's orange. And Green. he just was he? Yeah. He had I behind the desk. Yeah, he had a moustache. I thought it was orange. He was green. Hap. Okay. Anyway, he's barking orders at everyone. Yeah. Um, and then there's rabbits. Yeah. It's sort of like tribbles. Yeah. And they, the, the rabbits turn up and they say every time it cuts, there's more a and more and more. more of them. They, they live inside a computer, I think. It reminds me, I don't know if you're familiar with the album Musipal by Wagon Christ, but it's very much looks like the, the album art All of right. that. I'll we'll have to have a look at that. And they are like the servants or whatever. He Like he demands that one copies this document then the next one, copy this 500 times. The new, copy this 3,765,000 yeah. by lunch. And they're all just like put upon and made to do stuff. And then it, the, so the animation here is kind of traditional 2D, like kind of could be hand-drawn kind of thing. Yeah. Then it, like they port themselves through a, like a Mario sort of down tube in effect. And then it becomes like a 3D animation. Well, okay. there's first of all, there's a girl called Caitlin who's beamed in oh, she Tron asked style. It. Yeah. I mean, she asks the question, she asks him how do planes fly? And then yeah. that's one of them it. does then an impression get, of a plane. Yeah. And then one of them puts a colander on its head. <laughs> we had a pan on its head last week and a colander yeah, true, on its yeah. head this week. But yeah, then they port themselves off into 
the real worlds yeah. where they're like more three dimensional kind of thing. Then later on, they're they're in like plasticine mode. Yeah, and then later on, they're really really crudely drawn. Yeah, like a child might have done it. So you get all these different kind of ways of looking at like them. The it's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah, their eyebrows aren't attached to their head in any way. No. It's the, I couldn't the stop top looking half of their head isn't attached to their sometimes body. it pivots and sometimes it just goes Completely off they're a bit like off. the two uncle fuckers from yeah. South Park yeah anyway, less swearing, so much less swearing they go to Hollywood and the purple one wants to go sightseeing but they're actually there to meet super mega awesome ultra guy who's going to teach them how to fly and it friend turns out that that's Kevin Smith yeah friend of the pod Kevin Smith ah. And uh, he's got a cape on, CGI he's flying. He's got his awesome fucking jean shorts on. Yeah, it? jean shorts on. <laughs> he looks really stoned. And he's filming his TV show and he says he can help them understand how flying works. But what he actually ends up explaining to him, Dan, is about how green screen works in, in movies. Ah, it's pretty cool. Um, so, but they don't really understand. So it's a little explainer for the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get a little, just a, just a random song about the colour green. And it was a really funky tune. You yeah. get like a minute of like a really funky tune over an animated Yeah, that's, that's what I mean by the scattergun thing. So the episode's called How Do Things Fly or whatever it is. So that's the, 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 the crux theme. of the thing. Yeah. But then there's a thing about radishes. That like, was what? amazing. <laughs> yeah, they just go off and say, oh, did you know a radish is, it can grow to full maturity in three weeks? And they have this little baby radish come yeah. in and ask to borrow the keys to the car. And then there's a radish song and it, it's like just a weird three-minute section. You're like, yeah. I thought it was about flying. <laughs> yeah. We talking about radishes. It's like a post-punk thing, yeah. radishes. <laughs> so anyway, they go off to find some birds because birds fly and that makes sense. And they try, try asking a, a turkey, but it's fucking idiot. And there's a pellet and uh, oh, humming, like uh, hummingbird <laughs> so they're, they're in the tree and they just keep asking these hummingbirds and they're going hmm <laughs> and they go oh hummingbirds and then a hummingbird just goes on yeah. a drum kit it's yeah. fucking great <laughs> and the eagle is a he they go find an eagle he's no help he's a military maniac and he shouts at them and then he shouts america as he flies <laughs> off into, <laughs> into the distance so anyway anyway eventually they find a wise old owl who tells them they need to understand the forces dan you'll understand these ah. thrust drag weight and lift and then we get a good explanation of how those things work on a plane thrust from the engine moving it forward drag wanting it to stand still lift as the air passes faster the shape of the wing is curved the the air molecules pass faster over the top of the curve of the wing than they do underneath You've it which creates the owl, pressure yeah. the owl does this kind of like prayer yeah. pose thing and then he claps his wings together and it it like shows all the air particles yeah, right and they're like wow and you so you see you know, the kids get a nice illustration of how the, the oh, thing works creates lift yeah, yeah. So they've got the science there. And And kids are learning. They don't even know it. Exactly. So we've got the answer after all. And then they parachute back to Earth, which Mm. presumably that plane just crashed in an urban conurbation somewhere. Yeah, I think so. The kill count was pretty high. And then they explain the forces to Hap and to Caitlin, and that's the end of it. And they do it sort of three or four different ways with different songs. Mm. And sounds quite violent and scary. Mm. Well, beep, bop a lot. That's particular story, but is voiced by Judy Greer. You may remember her breasts from Arrested Development. Say goodbye to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, her. yeah, okay. Yeah. Loads of celebrity cameos. So, so obviously we thought this was great, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, was really good. good. And loads of celebrity cameos. Whoopi Goldberg, Jay Leno, Weird Al Yankovic, Snoop Dogg, Christina Applegate, Kristen wow, so they got all the big guns Ed in Norton, on this. David yeah. Cross. Okay. Jason Deckers, Kanye West. No, that I mean, was the Nazi one. I made that last one up, but yeah. Yeah. Really okay, good, so it? it's a strong recommend. Honestly, yeah. when it came on, I had to you know, try and find, because I never know what's on what. Sometimes we put it on the group, but this one I was like, so I'd been through Disney and then I went on to Netflix, found it, and then my heart sank. It was 24 minutes. Mm. like, oh man, uh, fucking it was great. Yeah. It's just loud and zany and there's loads of different styles going on and it's kind of random what's going on on the screen. Okay. And you do get the bit of educational stuff, but it's like, it keeps you guessing all the way through. Five to 50. Mm. Go for it. Yeah, man. This is a win. It's great. <laughs> Right, are we up for some Christmas nominations for next week? Yeah. Riggs, you it's, may it's, or may not be yeah, going to try and work something out. I'm not yeah. sure. 
There, there's been some chatter on Twitter over the last few weeks, mm. and we've had a big, long list of Christmas movie recommendations. So we'll pick something out of that. Nice. And we'll try and find something a bit older school for midweek, or maybe something we've seen and don't have to waste time watching again. Let's no. see. Well, we'll, we'll mm. see. We'll see. And then we need a top five. It's hard because we've done top five Christmas stuff a couple of times now. Might be the last few top fives. Who knows? 2023 might have top three so yes christmas themed stuff i think we'll do that yeah and we'll try and get okay Pete involved well tis the season now isn't it i mean yeah. it's, it's pretty much upon us it is big time yeah i've had had my work christmas due last week oh uh, yeah it was okay. fun yeah some guy pissed himself <laughs> yeah lol <laughs> <laughs> yeah um on that bombshell all that remains is to say sidey signing out reads out dan's gone <laughs>